Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Can everybody please just chill out? This cricket player who said this thing to this commentator. I was listening to LBC Radio in London on my phone. I was just streaming it to, you know, listen to a bit of UK talkback. And it was just about that. And that's in London. And I've noticed that people are incredibly... Maybe it's because it's that time of the year. People are just incredibly stressed. I don't think that's a page one story. I'll talk to Rachel Corbett, social commentator, about that a bit later on. But here's something you might not know. This is the time of the year, the January, they have an official spike on the first Monday of the New Year holiday. It's known as Divorce Day. Apparently couples want to spend one last Christmas with each other to see how things will work out. And maybe just to get the present as well. But apparently financial pressures are the key in the argument. And this particular time of the year is the traditional January spike in divorces. In fact, Tracy's on the phone from Debenhams, a department store in the UK. You guys sell divorce vouchers, is that right? Well, we've done wedding lists here at Debenhams for about 10 years now, um, and we extended them to cover things like birthdays and anniversaries. But then our gift list um, advisors came to us and said, do you know what? There's been a few people who've been coming in and saying, can you do anything like this for divorces? Right. Um, And we looked into it and we thought, well, if someone is getting divorced, then it tends to mean um, someone has to move out of the marital home. Right. Um, and they're unlikely to uh, to have, you know, a, a home is unlikely to have two toasters and two irons and two kettles. So someone is effectively setting up a home for what may be the first time for them living on their own. I can't um, imagine, so we... though, that the partners, friends or family are actually going to contribute. <laughs> well, well, we'll see about that. We wondered, actually, whether the person who moves out will, will register and it may be their friend or it might be their friends and family who actually register a list for them as as something to cheer them up. Have you had anybody register their own list yet? Well, it only launched on Monday, so it's still early days for us. So we've had a lot of inquiries. The phones have been ringing off the hook. Um, So we'll we'll keep you posted and let you know how we're getting on. Well, that's brilliant. And, of course, it'll be the stuff that's available in the department store that is Debenhams. It is, yeah. We think it's going to be things like towels and bed linen and, uh, you know, glasses and cutlery. But maybe some things like uh, big plasma screen TVs. You might as well ask for those. Brilliant. Wow. I'm thinking of all the possibilities now. It's almost worth getting married. I was watching TV last night, and they had a late-night advertorial featuring Snooky. Do you remember Snooky, who used to be on Jersey Shore, who hasn't been heard from for what, five years at least? Her catchphrase was, meatballs! I'm going to get in the spa because it's meatballs! And then I got to thinking about who else we haven't heard of and which other names that used to be household names, especially here in Australia, that we haven't heard of. For, I don't know how long, 20 years? Do you remember Debbie Newsom? And what about Donny Sutherland? Where's he now? And do you remember Pete Smith, who used to be the voice of Copper Art? And what was that show that, um, he was, was he on Family Feud or something? Who was the host of that? He used to come and go, oh, <laughs> Tony Barber, what the hell happened to him? And Jacko, do you remember I'm an individual? And somebody else I thought of, and I don't even know why, Sarah Marie Fidel? Do you remember the winner of Big Brother a few years ago? And she had something. I can't remember what it was. Was it like some kind of stupid dance or something? 
Could you think of someone, Sammy X, who you haven't heard of in ages? And there's a reason I asked this. Yeah, well, I went a bit more international. I was thinking about where's Luke Perry these Luke days. Luke Perry of 90210. Yeah. I thought he'd be with us forever. Exactly. Where is he? So here's what I want to do. Give us a name of someone that you haven't heard of for ages, one that's come to mind. Ostentatious. Where's he? One triple three five three, and then what I'll get Sammy X to do is track that person down. Sorry, I should have told you this beforehand. But anyway, I'm telling you now, right? Thanks, Phil. Track the guy down, or girl, and we'll find out what they're doing now. But let's find the most obscure name. Probably Australian. Might be easier. The most obscure Australian celebrity that you haven't heard of in I don't know how long. And let's see if we can find them. Make sure they're not dead, though, because that just defeats the purpose. Just trying to figure out a few people and where they are these days after not being able to find out what Snooky is doing. You've got a few suggestions of people that we're going to try and hunt down. Daniel. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Who have you got? Uh, Corey Worthington. Whatever happened to him? I did read a story the other day that he was involved in something, and I can't remember what it was. I think he might have got married. He's the kid that had that party that a current affair loved. Yeah. Who was the other? Do you remember the other two that were unemployed and they tried to get them a job? And it was a family? A brother and sister? Oh, no. Lincoln, how are you? Who have you got, mate? Going on the 90210 theme, do you remember the blonde, curly-haired guy? I think his name was Steve in the Steven show. Steven Zucker. Was it Zucker? Steven Zucker, maybe? I don't know, but his real name is Ian Zeering, but he announces that's, that's Ian Zeering. Oh, let's see if we can find him. Well, that might be a long shot. Hey, Grant, how are you, mate? What have you got? Good fella. Deadly Earnest. Deadly Earnest. Why don't I know that? Although I do know that name. Yeah, look, it's a long time when I was a kid, and I'm I'm over fifty now. Yeah, uh, used to uh, host uh, the Friday night horror films and stuff okay. like that. Okay, that's fantastic. That might be the one. Hang on there a sec, Nicole. Who do you think? A bizarre name yeah. out of yeah. Well, actually, you know who came to mind was a gentleman by the name of Lucky Grills. Lucky Grills. I remember Lucky Grills. That's a good one. Andrew, how are you? Who have you got? Yahoo Serious. Yahoo Serious. He was huge on the international stage with that film, Young Einstein. What happened to him? Hey, Paul, how are you? Good, mate. Good. Who have you got? Yahoo Serious. Somebody just said that a moment ago as well. That's a good challenge. Yahoo Serious. Where is he now? Hey, Steve, how are you? Who have you got? I've got um, uh, Ugly Dave Gray from Blankety Blank. Where is Ugly Dave Gray? Where's that? And the cigar. Where's the cigar? Has he finished smoking that yet? We've got to try and find him. That's a good one as well. Who's this calling Triple M? Uh, it's Steve, son. Hey, Steve. Who do you yeah, reckon? Man, I've got a couple. Darren Hinch. Yeah, Darren. I think he might still be in the public eye. Yeah, and who else? Molly Melvin. Molly as well. And, of course, the TV show with Molly, Molly's coming out as well. Pete, who have you got? Uh, I've got uh, Yahoo Serious. Another one for Yahoo Serious. That may be the one. Hey, Mark, who do you think? Spoon Man. Where's Spoon Man? Is in, um, he's in Tasmania doing a radio show there. Probably not as hard to find as... Sammy X? As who? Yahoo Serious. Okay. Is that my challenge? That's your challenge, okay. When Can you, well, I don't know, when do you want? What day is it today? Wednesday. Can you get Yahoo Serious on the phone by Friday? How are we spelling that? I'll give you all that. Don't worry about it. Just leave all those bits of information to me. Have you accepted the challenge to try and get hold of Yahoo Serious? What do I get if I manage to get it? To keep your job. All right, then. Hey, Shane, what's up, man? to look for would be Guido Hatsis. Guido, who used to be on Triple M. I remember Guido. That's right. And I think, and I don't know if I'm letting a cat out of the bag here, wasn't he a member of The Chaser? <laughs> Perhaps. You sound like you know more than you're letting on here. <laughs> well, I might do. Sean's not even your real name, is it? Chaz. <laughs>
Gee, busy on the phones tonight too, which is good, because last night, the night before, absolutely desolate. We were kind of wondering, Sammy X and I, whether or not the last ratings were actually indicative of the fact that we didn't have any listeners. But so, thank you, anyway, thank you very much for getting through on the phone. So, the new lineup of Guns N' Roses, it looks like the reunion's going to feature just about everybody, except maybe Izzy Stradlin. We're finding out more information about this, Gazzo, as we go along. However, I thought you'd be interested in this, a folky version of Guns N' Roses' Patience. And you know it's going to be a folky-type indie anthem when you hear that it's by uh, a group called Shovels and Rope and the Milk Carton Kids. Yeah, you find them in Bunnings if you're looking for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, better than Cheryl Crow covering Sweet Child of Mine, though. Yeah, this features layered earthy harmonies and a soaring female vocal in the outro. Nothing says folk like earthy harmonies. Earthy harmonies, Phil. So, Andrew... People have asked us to go and try and track down Yahoo Sirius in the segment Who Haven't We Heard From for ages. And you think you can help us try and find him? He done, yeah, Ren Stone. He also done a film called Ricky Was Kelly. Yeah, I remember that. He had some shit off movie after that. It was crap. Right. I didn't even know he made a third film. Was it like a Yahoo Sirius Australian film or was it something? No, it was some movie. It was absolutely bomb. All right. Well, that's probably not going to help us at the video store. Not that they even exist anymore. Good on you, Andrew. Thanks, man. No worries, Phil. Hey, Matt, how are you? Mate, I was going to ask you to uh, find the sun for me because I haven't seen that in three days, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I just saw it. Did you see they had a bit of lightning in Canberra? And if you haven't seen it, go to news.com. And it's like this huge bulb that goes off in the sky, the size of, I don't know, 15 football fields. And then it goes off, it explodes, and it's like an aurora. And some people have said that this is a UFO. I reckon it's a sign of the way the climate's changing. We're going to have a new kind of lightning. Mate, I'm all up for that. Sit on a mountain and watch it. That's it, buddy. Have a good one. How are you, Scott? What's up, brother? Hey, why aren't you looking for Dieter Brummer and Effie? Where is Dieter Brummer? I'm looking forward to this year seeing the Soaked in Bleach movie, which is, uh, again, goes back to this story that's been circulating for years about how Courtney Love was involved in the death of Kurt Cobain. It's got to be out this year. In fact, last year, just before Christmas, I spoke to Tom Grant, who's been investigating this story for over 20 years, and I said to him, you know, like, what would Courtney have to gain if she was involved anyway? You know, money, first of all, fame and fortune. She had her first album coming out in just a couple of weeks, and it's a known fact. I have tape-recorded conversations with Courtney's own attorney telling me this, that Courtney had called her a couple weeks earlier asking her to find the meanest, most vicious divorce attorney she could find. Right. And Kurt had called Rosemary, asking her to take Courtney's name out of the will. So we have two people here that were obviously in the process of a huge fight, a probable separation and probable divorce. At a time when Courtney was making her big play in the music business, her first major album was about to be released in two weeks. Yeah. So if Kurt Cobain, who was loved by millions of people all over the world, if it's found out that he's leaving Courtney and divorcing her at a time that her album is coming out, that's money down the tubes. Even if she was just married to him, she inherits everything if he commits suicide. If they get divorced, at the most, she gets half of everything. Well, there you go. Motives, if you're looking for it. Soaked in Bleach is the name of that movie. Can't wait till that comes out. Maybe we can get together a whole bunch of us Rubbersons and we can put on a Rubber Room movie presentation. We haven't done that yet. What about the Rubber Room presents a movie? That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. 
I can't believe the mock outrage over this Chris Gale sexism comment story to the female reporter Mel McLaughlin. And I was actually listening to some British talkback radio overnight, and they were calling up, and people were outraged about that. And I haven't read anything except for the occasional article, one being from Rachel Corbett, writer and TV radio presenter who wrote in News.com. And I agree with this, one of the few words of, I think, sanity about the story. She says, I quickly realised I'm on the wrong side of the feminist outrage machine gun. And i got to agree with you, and I've got to ask you, Rachel, do you think... Again, and I've said this all along, that perhaps the uh, response to this is completely disproportional and and out of proportion to the actual story itself. I reckon at a time like this, there's a tendency to play the sexism card like it's a giant sort of gender issue. And my big thing, I think, you know, Melbourne Glockler, I think, handled herself really well. She's a really competent performer and a very smart woman who is incredibly beautiful. And she, you know, she hasn't engaged in the conversation after it's happened. And she's been very quick to say, look, you know, let's get all get over it and leave it alone. But the thing that I kind of take issue with is this idea that everybody jumps on the bandwagon and starts talking about what the victim's gone through without actually checking if the victim cares. Like yeah. Mel's moved on. She wants to leave it behind. If she had, you know, if she was feeling hard done by, then that's one thing. But she wants everybody to leave it alone, but then it grows a whole life of its own and, and, and on it goes. I guess one of the things that I was sort of saying in the article was that I really relish moments when people like this, guys like this, do this stuff to me because I don't see it as something that, you know, makes me a victim. I look at these blokes like, are you serious? Mm. Do you really think you can get away with that? And then I just, you know, I kind of, you know, granted I don't come off like an Aaron Sorkin script every time. I'm not as brilliantly eloquent as I want to be. But I I just sort of see them as idiots, you know? It's always different if you're not on the receiving end of this. And, of course, I'm a different gender as well. But, if you know, somebody said to me if I was interviewing a female athlete, for example, or whatever, and she said, you know, you're quite attractive. I would actually be a little bit complimented by this. But you know what I think it is? I think it's because social media has been able to give so many people a voice. Everybody suddenly is an expert on everything. Oh, and Phil, I don't mind telling you, my social media has been quite the spirited conversation (laughs) today. You'll get those people who have a measured response to your article. Even if they disagree with you, they'll come back and they'll tell you why. And then you'll have other people who you feel like shaking and saying, did you read a flipping word of it? Did any of it go in? You know, I think people just love to jump on an outrage bandwagon and just roll with it and, and, you know, just get caught up in the conversation. I just think they enjoy it, you know? And the other thing is that Rick Ricky Gervais, who's on the Golden Globes, always manages to upset people, although a lot of his politically incorrect comedy is very funny. But he says, you know, just because you take offence to it doesn't mean that you're right. Exactly. And everybody is entitled to their opinion. And ultimately, as writers, we write opinion pieces, right? The idea is not to be El Blando so everyone goes, meh. It's supposed to be something that, you know, engages people in conversation. If you disagree with my point of view, fantastic. But come back at me and say, this is why... this is my argument. Don't turn around and just go, you're an idiot. You don't have a boyfriend and you're <laughs> single and an idiot. You know, like, I mean, grow a brain and come up with an intelligent argument. You know, don't just throw tomatoes at me like a moron. And the other thing is, and I think this was put quite eloquently last night with Paul Murray, and he said, look, there are other more important stories in the news. Which is where you're off to as well to go and speak on his show. So, Rachel, good to talk to you. Rachel Corbett, writer, radio, TV presenter.
Becco from Triple M is going to Coachella to see Guns N' Roses. What do we know about the lineup of the band, though, man? Okay, so we know Duff is, is logged in. We know Slash is logged in. We know Axel is logged in. Yeah. Richard Fortas, who is um, part of the latest incarnation of Guns N' Roses, he's on the lineup. Yeah, I met him uh, at um, the Dead Daisies recording, too. He's a nice guy. That's right. He was there. And same with Dizzy Reed. Dizzy yep. Reed logged in. And we're just waiting on Matt Sorum to confirm that he's on it. We, we don't know yet. There's been nothing on Matt Sorum's Twitter about it. Really? He's doing a week of late night with Seth Meyers uh, in New York City this week, which seems like a pretty good coincidence, you know what I mean? I think that um, Axel's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel as well. I read that somewhere. Well, well, that's what that, that's how the controversy that happened today. Uh, Axel pulled out last minute. Oh. He was meant to be on Kimmel, All right. and he pulled out. Wow. And um, we don't know why. Maybe it's Axel being a dickhead, but, you know... Um, uh, but the good thing is they are back, and um, whether it's because of money or whether it's because they genuinely want to actually be friends again. Oh, no, it's because of love. You can tell. It's got nothing to do with it's, money. It's because exactly. Axel loves those guys and he missed them. But we are so happy. And also, I've got, I've got to mention Corey Taylor from Slipknot, yep. who actually a year ago said there's no chance of them getting back together again. It's not going to happen. In fact, if it happens, I'm going to retire. Well, goodbye, Corey. It was nice knowing you. Nice knowing you, brother. Got one of the greatest guitar songs ever in just a sec for you. Gazzo's here, but a goss, let me get this right. The Ukraine won't allow Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit to come to the country, is that right? In the interests of guaranteeing the security of our state, that's what Ukraine uh, officials said. You know, they're next to Vladimir Putin when it comes to sorting things out, and uh, yeah, he's on their most dangerous list. Yeah, along with Vladimir Putin and also feral wolverines. So, Fred Durst and a feral wolverine. It sounds like a. So, no rocket song. to Russia for Fred. No, apparently he wanted to go over there and do a uh, reality show as well. Another one. Oh, jeez, really? But they heard the lyrics of Break Stuff and said, I don't know if we want to go in the country. Here's Fred Durst. You know, it's about having that fun and freedom and just. Not taking anything so serious. We're just trying to, you know, be grateful and humble, and and to share that with you and our and our audience. And what's good is that we get to wake up each day, and we're actually so grateful that we can come together through music, and we get to play on stage to uh, pay our rent and do what we have to do. And we we're not taking it so serious. We're actually having a lot of fun and really passionate about what we do. So it's that that kind of uh, energy. And, the message we want to get out in the world. I'll call that Fred Durst on Fred Durst. Sally's on the phone. She goes out and finds roadkill and then she stuffs it in a taxidermy style and then she sells it on the internet, as you do. Are you out searching for any at the moment? No, I'm just uh, laying around here with my dogs. It's too dark to do any work. Okay, for the folks who haven't seen your website, you've got animals which are stuffed uh, and dressed up with a little coat and in some cases a little umbrella. But this isn't new. Now, as far as I can gather, this harks back to some kind of Victorian era. I think the roots are definitely in Walter Potter's a type of taxidermy, which was from the Victorian era. My um, uncle uh, inherited my grandfather's collection, and I ultimately got that. And I think that was my first fascination with taxidermy. My grandfather was from Australia, so there was actually some interesting, unusual animals in there, like uh, platypus. I bet you've platypus. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, wallaby, lots of uh, American birds. So you've inherited these animals, uh, and then what did you think? Oh, I thought that they were just absolutely poignant. What is a collection of stuffed animals wearing raincoats? There's different pieces. There's the anthropomorphic pieces, which are the ones that are done up like animals. The reliquaries are the ones that have the little cases in them. And isn't there a paragraph on the website that says, I wouldn't recommend this as a toy for a child as well? I think they're questionable. 
they're rather frightening. People that tend to really be fans of my work don't have the money for it. So you can look, but you can't own. Right. A lot of people like to look and covet, but but not own. And of course, the IRS can be quite vicious as well. I mean, I'm sure you've several times said on the phone, hey man, don't tax my dermy. How do you source the dead things then? Lots of friends who have farms, they send them to me. If you're interested in this sort of thing, you become a magnet. So people will just go, oh, I found this dead thing and thought of you immediately. And what kind of condition have they got to be in for you to, you know, to take them? It would depend on how, how warm of a day it was. You know, you and I could spend a lot of nights out uh, drunk and then finding dead animals. You know, I think there's something in it for us. You're certainly in the land of roadkill. What's the easiest animal to dress? I think I've only actually dressed figures that were done with bird heads but with human figures. Imagining you're a big fan of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Get ready for the invention of the year. I know it's only the second week of it. This carol is included in a very special concert by Soraya to welcome Christmas that a group of mothers and their future babies were able to attend. Right. How? The unborn babies were in the crowd thanks to BabyPod, a revolutionary device designed to broadcast music inside the vagina. I'm sorry? This is the first concert for fetuses ever made in the world. Today, in this vaginal concert, for the first time, the fetuses have had the opportunity to listen to Christmas song. Okay, hang on, let me just stop for a sec. Did she just, she did just say vaginal concert, didn't she? She just said that, right? Yeah, she did, yeah. Right, okay. BabyPod is the result of a Spanish study which proved that a fetus can respond to musical stimulus by moving the mouth. In addition to stimulating the embryo's development, right. the device is useful in different ways. Really? For the mothers, this show was a whole new experience that allowed them to feel and share the songs with their unborn babies. The first time I experienced something like that, it was really amazing. It was unique. BabyPod is safe and easy to use. Mm. It is placed like a tampon and connects to the smartphone. <laughs> it is a revolution in gynecology. You're a woman. I did ask you. I did say to you. Will we speak to the people, the makers of Baby Pod tomorrow night? Yeah, we can get them tomorrow. Could you ask them if they would like a Baby Pod DJ? <laughs> <laughs> It's a sad and beautiful world, but sometimes there's so much beauty in the world, it feels like my heart is going to explode. So we talked a bit of UFOs last night with the UFO Society. I noticed this story just got into the news.com as well about the big event that occurred on uh, April the 6th, 1966. Australia's largest mass UFO sighting took place, where children as young as seven were confronted by men in sharp black suits, warned against talking as emergency services and the military swarmed the area. It's a mystery that's left the Australian suburb divided. Witnesses wanting answers. The 50th anniversary of the Westall incident is about to take place. And I know I can talk to you about it on the air here, but I can't talk to anybody around the building because they're not believers. They don't, I go, oh, UFOs, and they go, ah, that Phil, he's just a conspiracy nut. But I know, the only problem we have as UFO believers is there are people out there like this next guy who just shoot it down for us. Do you believe in UFOs? Oh, oh yeah, yes sir, definitely. They're out there, man. I've seen them. I've been out there in Aurora, Texas. They got them little graves and stuff. Yeah, I've been out there and I oh, know I'm planning a trip. I'm planning a trip. Uh, we're going out to like Arizona or something and figure something out. Or not Arizona, what was it? Yeah, it was Arizona, right? Air, the Air Force One where they found all that stuff. I got pictures of Aurora. I've seen grave sites. They're out there, man, and I, I'm flying in the plane. I'm always hallucinating, but who really knows what I'm looking at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's no proof of this, just people's accounts. 
You're right. There, there's no proof. But, I mean, you know, people go in the restroom until they tell you about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the way I see things. Uh, All right. So you believe it then? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Do you think there's, like, little green men out there? They could be made of water. I don't even know. Water? Water, man. You heard the man. <laughs> water. They could be made of anything. Extraterrestrial. Extraterrestrial, you mean? Extraterrestrial. 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 There you go. Yeah, see, that's the problem we've got. We need better spokespeople. So, yeah, go on. Tell me what what, what happened. Are you talking about the West Hall Primary School? My wife went there when the actual UFO sighting happened. Right, so this is the 50th anniversary of this. Whereabouts in Australia was it? Sorry. She was saying a big silver thing hovered over the school and the science teacher, it landed in a paddock right. beside the school. Right. Wow. The Grange. And the science page jumped over the fence and went to check it. But yeah. I read something about it on news.com. Apparently they saw men in sharp black suits and they told everybody not to talk about it. Did she see any of them? Did you see any men in black suits? No, I seen Look, I was 11 years old then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Did you get to see anything, though? There was a silver-like dome go over. Wow. Wow. And land, we used to do our cross-country runs in the Grange. Yeah. And that's where it landed. I can't remember the science teacher's name, but he was lovely. <laughs> and he went over that fence so quick. Yeah, I can imagine. Chased it. So I guess it's fair to say you believe in UFOs now, then? Oh, I don't. But I believe what I've seen. It's the 50th anniversary of that now. For the six. All right. That can't be possible because you only sound 21 years old. Oh, thanks a lot, mate. <laughs> You may find this a bit disturbing. He helped me. Go! The Rubber Room.